We're coming close to Purim. Shalom, shalom, l'rochach v'korov, Oma Hashem v'fasib. So, zochah to learn, start learning your shalmi sechtas megillah, and in your shalmi, they're speaking about the walled cities. In the time of Yehoshua bin Nun. And the Gemara asks, why should the walled cities from the time of Yehoshua bin Nun have the same day for reading the Megillah and having the Purim as Shusha? What's the connection? And the Gemara says that the Chachamim at the time Mordechai and Esther and all the tzaddikim, they said, Yerushalayim is an estate and all of Israel, with its wonderful cities, are in a state of desolation and destruction and their cities are not walled. And we're going to give special status to walled cities to remember the greatness of the miracle that not only were the Yidden able to fight for their lives on the 13th of Adar around all the 127 countries, but one more day in the, in the capital city where the anti-Semitism was the worst, and they were able to have a heavenly help, that not one, that not one Yid died, the Rav Shlomo says, if even one Yid would have died, we wouldn't have Purim. We, wouldn't be, we, wouldn't able, we would not be able to celebrate. It's just pure. Of course, most, most, most of the non-Jews also, they had Pachad HaYehudim. They had an awareness, like Shlomo said, that the whole world is just waiting for the Jews to be the Jews. And the Imamish didn't 
touch has hurt us, we were able to defend ourselves. So I wanted to give special status to walled cities as a memory of Shushan. So why, why not have it be the cities that are walled at the time of Shushan? And the answer being to give honor to Eretz Yisrael, to give honor to Eretz Yisrael, and the Pene Moshe says, it's one of the great Mepharshim, the Yerushalmi, he says that it should be Ke'ilu, it should be considered as if all the cities in Eretz Yisrael are standing in their grandeur and in their full honor, Ke'ilu. And that great place of Ke'ilu, because the whole miracle of Purim specifically happened outside Eretz Yisrael. There were very, very few Jews, if any. The Gemara says there was a certain amount of years that there were absolutely zero Jews in Eretz Yisrael between the first and second temples. And the miracle happened Davka out in, in exile in the middle of nowhere. Davka. Similar to Har Sinai, our Parsa. Davka happened in the middle of nowhere. I heard from the square Rebbe. Came to Montreal one time and came in with a group of college kids to greet him. And he said, you know, you have an advantage over the people who were raised religious. And I would just add in now that even the people who are raised religious have a certain advantage in this generation. We all in a certain way feel we're wandering, we're in the middle of nowhere. Because if you feel you really have nothing and you're in the middle of nowhere, that means you're mamish, really close to Har Sinai. It means you're really able to truly receive the Torah of the Abbas. And that's what happened. Purim, Purim, Kimu, Vakiblu, we truly received such a connection with the Kaddish Baruch in the middle of nowhere. Mamish in the middle of nowhere. And, uh, and so, in that place of being in the middle of nowhere, we wanted to remember there is a somewhere. There is an Eretz Yisrael. And now while we're in the middle of nowhere, Eretz Yisrael is in pain, and then now Eretz Yisrael, we're in the middle of the building, but it's in pain. The society in Eretz Yisrael right now is so torn, so torn. For the daven, for the oneness, the achtus, for the love, for the oneness of our people. Such misunderstanding and such a lack of emphasis on what we share, our shared values, our shared peoplehood. It's really daven. So in any case, <clears throat> they said, okay, we're in the middle of nowhere, but there is a somewhere. And the somewhere should be as if. When you're in that place of nowhere, and Hashem's light touches you there, like it did on Purim, then you know that the as if, the ke'ilu, is not just a game. It's something incredibly, profoundly real. That those walls are as if mamish standing. 
and it's so real. In a way, it's even better than real walls. In a crazy way, in an amazing way. What's the Indian of walls, though? So the Gemara goes on in that base. Or maybe it's Gimel, I forgot. I don't have it with me right now. It says, the concept of walled city is to defend the city. That's the whole idea. How do we know this? comes out from the Mepharshim in a discussion about Tiveria. Because Tiveria had only three walls, and the fourth wall was the Kinneret. And so in terms of the laws of a walled city, in terms of a Levite city that has certain laws, certain halachas, Tiveria, there's an argument whether it's considered to have to a bona fide full walled city. But for Purim, it's a walled city. Why? And today, there's a little argument exactly where was the ancient Tiberia, Vachule, I'm not getting into it today. I think they read two days in Tiberia. But the wall is meant to protect. And that fourth wall, which is the Kinneret, the great lake of Eretz Yisrael, it protects. And therefore, functionally, it is considered to be a wall. So you see, the idea of a wall is to protect, is to create a space that is separate, set aside from the rest of the world, that is encircled, that is untouchable, that you need to be allowed in. So what does that have to do with honor? We said before, to honor Eretz Yisrael, that's called honor to have a wall. And I was thinking about this I was yesterday as I was heading to my dear friend's bar mitzvah, old friend's Shesimcha, that was at the Kotel. And I was thinking about the words of the great Mishareret, Naomi Shemer, said about Yerushalayim, Beliba Choma. And the heart of Yerushalayim is a wall. What does that mean? I understand it is similar to the Zara Kodesh says about Esther Hamalka. Zara Kodesh says about Esther Hamalka that Chas Shalom, Chas Shalom, Esther was not like all those other thousands of women. Chas Shalom, Esther was completely untouched, completely, completely separate from Achashverosh. And there was some being that Shemayim gave her to create out of the klipas noiga of her body, an old Kabbalistic process that would create a double that was not her at all. Esther, Hamalka, Esther is totally untouched. There was a wall around her of fire, of Kedusha. Zohar Kodesh is very strong about this. Meaning to say, the idea of a wall is not just that it we need it because we're worried we're going to get hurt. It's an untouchableness, sacrosanct, holy, pure, special. At the heart the panemius of Yerushalayim is a choma. That means Shalim looks like 
it's not in its glory. But the Ke'ilu, with the light of Purim, with the few Lechayim's on Purim, the walls are, of course, Belibachoma. You cannot defile Yerushalayim. And the same holds true for each of us. Walking in the world, and it seems we're getting pulled into the rat race, into the barracuda tank, into the craziness of the world. But we're not. Our walls are magnificent. Our walls are really still there. They've never been breached. Looks like it, but I'm with poor my eyes. In the middle of nowhere, we remember the somewhere, and we remember to honor it. Like Abshayla giving you a hot piece of kugel, honoring your inner, untouchably warm and wonderful Jewishness, can never be taken away. And this week, Ramamish getting the Torah, it's the Ten Commandments, Sarasadibras. And there's a very important connection from the very beginning to the very end. Balaturim says the last word of the Ten Commandments is Kolashel Reyecha. Not be jealous, one should not desire anything that their fellow has. The Chaf says, They start with an Aleph, they end with a Kaf. Those are the walls around there, around the Ten Commandments, the walls around all of Amisrael. The Aleph of Anoichi, the oneness of Hashem, and the Chaf Sofi the suffix of what's yours and what belongs to your friends, right? Your friends, re'echa, your friends. Don't want what he has. Be connected to your own chaf sofi, this line that goes down, down, below the line, representing the depths of the depths, of being sameach, the chalkenu, being happy with what we each have. Torah reaches inside of the inside. And that oneness of Hashem reaches us, it reaches us through Abshaila's Heisa Kigol, Hot Hot Kigol, reminding you how much God loves you. And how could I possibly want something that's not mine? How could I not be? Totally rejoicing in what I have. And here, this Indian of Loisachmoit, this is the fixing of our whole, what Rabbi Nachman calls Taivas Maman in Torah 23, Nehud from Bekivak this week, Hashem. Anytime that I feel I want something, that things should be a certain way. That's already called Taivas Mama, talking about when I, when I want. And you know, in the world, it should go like this, my day should be like this. 
I shouldn't be so tired. I shouldn't have this happen. I should, I should make the bus. I should, whatever it is. And I miss the bus. Can't fall asleep. Uh, this, whatever it is, there's something, some disagreement, there's some issue. That desire that should go my way, my way or the highway. All of that comes from desire for money. The idea that I can have my own sense of power. And that it's not in the hands of Hashem. I'm not being cradled and being fed hot kugel every second by Hashem. So, there's a big work in this. It's a lot of sadness and a lot of anger. And I know it deeply myself. Rekivak said, some people, they have a thought, a feeling of sadness and depression once a month. Some people get it once a week. Some people every day. Some people many, many times in one day. <laughs> many of us in this generation are like that. We have to think of ourselves like squirrels. And Imamish made the sound of a squirrel break, cracking through the nut. <laughs> to crack through that shell and find the simcha on the inside. Run around with our tails standing up hoarding, realizing each time there's something that's annoying, there's something that says like it may not be to the outside observer so bad but to me it's like, oh no, not that like that's the worst possible thing that can happen anything but that I had trouble on the way over here bringing my saxophone to pay money it was very annoying to me, even though I knew that I had Chaverim who would take care of it. And Baruch Hashem, they're going to take care of it, but it was so annoying for me. It was so I was it put me into such a place. I had to remind myself of this Debo from Bekivak. I was joking about it with my son, thank God, was with me also. He said, sometimes your head is like a coconut. you got to crack it open. Get to the Simcha, find the joy somehow in every situation. That's called lo sachlod. This is not just, you know, many of us may think, oh, I don't have a desire for money. I don't want that guy's car, that, 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 that person's clothes, that person's home, that person's wealth, that person, whatever. But the fact that you want things to go a certain way, and it goes the other way, it goes rak lo zeh. Just not that type of, just not that interaction, just not that disappointment, just not that issue, just not that recurring behavior. That feeling that just life isn't going my way. It's called Lo Sachmad, it's called Taivas Mama. And my, my mama and the way I... Mammon is so much bigger than just money. Mammon is the way I relate to all things and, and situations in the world that I'm trying to control. Mammon means control. I have a taiva for control. He says, you have to know the word mammon comes from the word mamuna, to be appointed. 
the situation and your, the resources that you have and this exact thing, this exact, if it's money, if it's an object, if it's a situation, if it's a feeling, if it's a desire from your body, if it's whatever it is, each thing is precisely orchestrated from a Kodesh Baruch Hu and set up its memuna exactly to be like that, exactly to be that way. What Hashem wants from us is through the struggle to find that, to crack through and find the simcha that we will be able to bring into our lives holy ashirus to Kedusha, the holy ashirus to Kedusha, to bring and birth into the world real holy wealth, which means the ability to be fully satisfied with what I have and just be the seventh heaven with it, just be in a whole different place. So this, the whole Torah was given to us from Aleph to the Chaf Sofit, from the Aleph of Anochi to the suffix Re'echa, your friend, what's yours, what's your friend, be happy with you have, happy with life. This means Hashem is giving us a whole different way to walk out in the world. We walk out to the same jobs, to the same as the whole rest of the world. We're trying to bring light. And it's like he says, Kabbeinu teaches in Torah 23, the word mamon, the word for money, mamon, is gematria, the numerical value is 140. If you count the four letters of the words, it's 136 plus one for each letter. There's four letters in the word Mammon. It adds up to 140. 140 represents that I'm going out in the world. I have to cry out twice, 70 cries. 70 cries and then another 70 cries. Shivim Kali. One called it, this is what the Shekhinah cries out, crying out with the Divine Presence in the world, to crack through and find the light of the Divine Presence in the world. Kalani Mizroi'i, Kalani Meiroishi. There's the arm, what we do, and there's the head, our consciousness. As we're going about doing, we have to cry out 70 all ten spherot for all seven character traits. Seven times ten cries to find the ability to be happy in each situation, to find some way to turn it around, like Purim, to turn it around. Find some way to turn it around. Ever it is, crack a joke, say a capital to him, go for a walk. Call a friend, learn a little Torah to get your mind back. Somehow within the situation to find that, that joy, to crack through the walnut like a squirrel, crack it open. 70 cries. And then there's 70 cries 
spiritually that Hashem help me to understand your Torah, help me to really come close to you in my prayer that it shouldn't be egotistical, that it should be real and, and, and authentic. As we're walking in the world and dealing with mammon, dealing with power, dealing with situations that to relinquish the power to, 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 to turn to Hashem for real, this is our whole definition of mammon as Hashem wants it to be, as the Ten Commandments are meant to set up to be, to be 70 plus 70, Mama, 70 cries to find the joy in each situation. Anything but this, but to turn it around and turn it around again and keep on, keep on keeping on. And then the 70 cries to cry to Hashem to be so authentic and so real and, and to understand the Torah and so real in our in our prayer and our connections with each other. The first one is about turning the bitter into the sweet by getting off of our high horse of desire. And the second one is to hone the depths of our spiritual experience and spiritual connectivity with Hashem, with His Torah, with Amisrach. 70 and 70. 70 Kalani Mizra'i. The Shekhinah cries with us, my arm hurts, and I'm doing in the world. And Kalani Miroshi, my head hurts the way I'm conscious in the world. And that is Mamon. And when we do that, we'll be blessed to receive a Shirus to Kedusha. We're going to sit on our chair and feel Mamish, the earth, feel Hashem supporting us. Each morsel with each drink, we're going to feel Hashem cradling us and loving us. It's all there. Go to be Sameach the Chalkon. Is you usher true Ashirus Sameach the Chalkon? You truly have that. And even though it feels like we've been, our walls have been breached, like we learned. And it feels like our magnificence as spiritual beings, as shining Jews, has been darkened. But we have to believe in this MS and believe that that's what Mammon really is. The Mammon really is the 70 cries and the 70 cries. And believe the Libachoma in our heart. There is an untouchable honor and know that we can receive the Torah Dafkan of nowhere blessing us to give each other that good hot kugel to walk with a little more a little more self-respect and self-esteem of the most beautiful, holy, real way. Do not be afraid to pretend the ke'ilu. It's as if they're there. The joke, the love, the truth. By binding ourselves with really, really righteous people like Rav Shaila, like Rav Benu. And then the kuda tova in ourselves and in our friends that is 
truly righteous, really real. Not to feel like we're just playing a game. Ke'ilu is the most holy, most important thing there is. The whole Yerushalayim has Purim on the 15th of Adar because the Ke'ilu is real. It really is as if those walls are standing. Chaim B'Chavis get a new strength to walk in the world different. Not just to receive the Torah to learn in a, in a yeshiva or when we're officially learning Torah. To receive the Torah that we walk in the world different. That our whole sense of mama and our whole sense of power is different. The 70 cries to find the joy in each situation, to relinquish power. And 70 cries to be more and more authentic and connected in our consciousness. 70 cries of the hand and the 70 cries of the head. Chavis, Chavis, Chavis.